podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Political issues, social matters, and popular culture are explored weekly in a segmented format that engages, informs, and sometimes uplifts. Hello and welcome to 3 Plus 1 Podcast. So we are joined by Justin Williams, CEO and owner of Trademark Designs Company in our third seat. Welcome, Justin, to the 3 Plus 1 Podcast. We are really glad that you could be here today. So tell us a little bit about Trademark Design Company. So Trademark Design Company is a full-service design company based here out of Atlanta, but we have a second market in D.C. and third market now in Charlotte. And I focus on interiors of uh, residential interiors and light commercial interiors as well. So, you know, making houses and businesses look good is kind of the thing that I do. So how long have you been in love with being like interior designer? Like how long have oh, you been in, my, in this uh, field? Well, I started when I was 18 years old. I started with my parents' house, actually. And then from that point, went on to friends and family's homes. And it just kind of developed from there. And I've been taking it one step at a time. And just seeing how things go, and it's been really, really good. That's a lot of trash. Your mama, my mama won't even let me change out her throw pillows. And yours let you do her whole house. She did. Actually, she told me to start with my room, and she didn't give me any limits. And after that, that was when she, I think, she and my dad realized that this was something that I really loved and something that I had a real knack for. And they actually invested in me in that realm. So it really worked out for me. Well, that's very impressive. So, Justin, um, you know, I've known you like Tazzy for a long time. You, you were one of our students. And a question that I have is... One of your students. One of, yep. I'm not a teacher. And, and, <laughs> and I'm a lot younger than the people in the room. Let's <laughs> stick with that, too. You may seem like our student. <laughs> I'm not near 40. We know these things. Didi, clarify for the people. So, with that being said... <clears throat> You know, you've. Yeah, how long have you been doing this professionally? Professionally, now about six or seven years. Um, of course, it started as a hobby for me, and from that point, you know, I had a college professor that said, "Take what you're good at and sell it." And from there, I decided that school was not what I was good at, and I <laughs> dropped out from that point and started this business, and I've been doing it since. So. It's extremely successful. You've been able to decorate the homes and uh, spaces of a number of noted people here in the city and also in D.C. Yes. Uh, what would you say is your secret to success in the brand that you've built? For me, it's just following your dreams, not really listening. And I hate to say not listening to what other people say, but you have to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be prayerful and you have to listen to God. And in doing those things, I think you'll be able to explore, you know, all of the dreams that you have. And from that, it'll take. So when you look at how you learn to do this well, do you feel that it was mostly talent or was there some studying involved? Were there any role models that you really looked up to and that you followed behind in terms of blazing a path in a field like interior design? So like a lot of people... Uh, you, I learn better when I'm hands-on. And that hands-on experience came from two of my mentors who are interior designers and photo stylists. So from them, I was able to be on sets and have that real experience with real clients. And from that point, I learned a lot from them in how to uh, cater to my own clients. All right, so my question is definitely going to be, I am budget baby right now. Like, I'm on my come up. The money is coming soon. I have claimed it. I be thanking God for my blessings. But at the moment, I am still a little budget baby. So where can I go? What type of places can I shop for to, you know, spice up my apartment without breaking the bank? So I would say that you need to have Pinterest on your phone, on your laptop. You need to look at what they have on there. 
and be inspired by that, mm-hmm. then go to your local home goods, hit up Amazon. Amazon people, like Amazon is really great for home decor. Amazon Prime is really gonna take over the world. It is. You can get I everything. believe that. I do believe you that. You don't have to leave your house. <laughs> they deliver your food, groceries, all everything. There. So I think, you know, utilizing those tools will help you to, you know, kind of at least have a starting point on decorating your apartment or your home or your town home, right. whatever. So all those Pinterest mummies out there, go look at your Pinterest, be inspired, hit up home goods. I'll meet y'all there. So do you have any like uh, recommended sites or recommended people to follow that really give great inspiration? And also, how can our listeners follow you? So you can follow me on Instagram at SlimJQW. You can go to our uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com right slash trademark design co. You can also visit our website, which is www.trademarkdesignco.com. And really, as far as following people, Instagram is really great because it's all pictures. Mm -hmm. And how better to, you know, translate that into your apartment or your home than looking at other pictures. So I would actually look at the hashtag interior design, go through that hashtag, see what you find that appeals to you. And follow that person or that business and kind of take it from there. Sounds good. So who, when you look at like of all the different projects, what is your favorite room to decorate? Like this room, if you, when you say I love this, like what would it be? What room? Family rooms. I would say family rooms are like my favorite place to decorate because there's so many different elements of it. You know, you have to think about entertaining. You have to think about daily use. You have to think about the, the parents and the people, or rather, that um, live there and uh, take from that and create a space where they're both comfortable mm-hmm. and it's both comfortable and stylish. So I think the family room would be my favorite and bedroom would probably be my second favorite. Last question along this line of questioning would be, who is your celebrity dream client? Like when you think of this celebrity, you feel that you would you have an intuition of what that person needs in his or her space. My dream client would probably be Oprah. I would say that Oprah. Because Why Oprah? Oprah fits into my aesthetic. She has a very uh, neutral aesthetic. If you look at all of her pictures, all of her backgrounds, even in her office, everything's just neutral. So she deals with a lot of creams, topes, mm-hmm. you know, and I really love that because it's so clean and crisp. And I feel like we would see eye to eye. I think we would see each other. <laughs> well, Oprah is definitely meant to be um, my mentor in the future. You know how Maya Angelou was to her. That's what Oprah is to me. I have claimed it for years. It, it's going to be true. So when I get there, I mean, Oprah is my dog. I'm going to you know, be definitely be like, put my name I know somebody, Oprah. So yeah, that's we're going to make that happen. That'd be perfect. Didi, so what's going on in the world? It's been a very interesting week in the world, starting, of course, with some very tragic and sad news out of Santa Fe, uh, Santa Fe, Texas, and had 10 dead, 10 wounded in a shooting, another school shooting. Uh, according to Emily Shapiro and Josh Margolin, at least 10 people are dead after a 17-year-old student allegedly opened fire at a Santa Fe high school in Texas th- th- uh, this week, sending students fleeing for their lives, the governor said. 10 others were wounded, including a police officer who was in critical condition. A teacher is among the dead, according to law enforcement officials, as is a foreign exchange student. I think this is a horribly tragic incident, and a lot of people are talking and discussing kind of the whole situation. Guys, what do you think? Of course it's horrible. Like, this isn't the first time we've had to talk about a school shooting on the podcast, which is, you know, it's sad that this is only episode 18, and we've talked about, what, two, three school shootings? This has been the third school shooting in our time frame. That's made major attention, although there have been a lot lot more than that. There have been a lot more, but those major outlet news outlets have hit three of the ones that we've been talking about. And it's just heartbreaking because you send your children to school thinking that they're safe and they're getting an education. And I couldn't imagine getting a phone call saying, you know what, your child has been killed while at school. Um, I did read a news article today from the mother of one of the girls that was killed. And she was saying that the school shooter actually had been trying to make advances at her daughter. And she kept trying to, you know, um, she turned him down a few times. And then last week, apparently... She embarrassed him in class or something by like publicly being like, I want nothing to do with you. I don't want to date you. And according to the mother's statement in the article, her daughter was the first one to be shot and killed by the shooter, 
which is horrible because then that goes back to toxic masculinity. The fact that that man got turned down and could not handle it and went to the school and started shooting, that's a problem. Like, mental health is a real issue. People need to be, you know, go see some therapists or something. But there's no reason why this young man should have been stepping into school, shooting up people for turning them down and just shooting up people because you don't like them or any situation like that. These school shootings are heartbreaking. Um, my prayers and thoughts are definitely with all the families. Honestly, prayers and thoughts can't do much. Like, honestly, I just, I don't know. It's just all needs to stop. It's horrible and heartbreaking. And I just... I just, I'm, my heart is broken for these families well, because you, this happens too often at this point. You know, mental health is an issue. Mm-hmm. However, getting these guns out of the hands too of easy. these kids, you know, it's just something that needs to happen. And until people crack down on y'all's president about cracking down on the NRA, these kids will still be able to get these guns and they will still have access to them and they will still continue to do these horrible acts. Oh, too much. So, you know, if we had stricter gun control laws, how do you feel that, that would have an impact on stu- the, these kids and their access? Well, I think if you remove the access, then they won't have, you know... So should Americans not have guns? I don't think that Americans shouldn't have guns. I think, you know, they are, you know, there's a right to have to bear arms. And I agree with that. However, there should be age, you know, limits and background checks and things like that that should be put in place and reinforced so that these students and these young kids aren't getting guns and doing stupid things like this. Well, he took it from his dad. And, and that was, I was just about to say, and that's another, um, you know, concern is parents should have these guns locked up. Yeah. That your child should not be able to have access to your guns. Like, that's, that's a problem right there. And if, and if they do have access to it, his dad should be held accountable as well. Yes. I definitely agree with that. I think the dad should be held accountable. Lock him up. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a... I'm not. I'm. I'm anti-gun. Number one. However, I don't know if the gun control issue is really going to make a big impact on this. To me, a kid who has these issues, mental health concerns, who want to kill and shoot up a school, they're going to find a way to kill and shoot up a school if their family has access to a gun. Can you know, or should you penalize that family for uh, in, in the in the beginning? I don't think you can. I can't. I don't think you can say I'm going to deny you the right to a gun or to purchase a, a gun because your child demonstrates some psychotic behavior, some psychotic tendencies. Um, so I don't know. It's a very tough situation, I think, for me to make a judgment on. I'm anti-gun, but at the same time, I if understand. If your child has shown psychotic behavior, you need, yeah, yeah, you don't need to have no you guns don't need around. To have any like, guns around. That's, that's, a, that's a call the parents should make. It's irresponsible of them to keep those guns It's a call for the parent that the parents should have made, but I'm, what I'm saying is in terms of the government legislating that, I don't know if that would be appropriate affair for the but government also, to say to make that legislation. I think that administration should also put in effect some kind of protocol where the student that does have mental issues, they need to ask the parents, do you have a gun at the house? This gun needs to be put away, needs to be locked away because we've had these issues with your child. You know, I think there are precautions that they can make to make this uh, a more of a rare occurrence. To just, you know, kind of scale down. Do you feel like there should have been warning signs that people should have picked up on? And if so, who should have picked those up? The parents. That's your child. Well, they come to your house. Teachers can pick up on warning signs. Yeah, but at the end of the day, yeah. the, that's your child. That is true. If you aren't checking in on them on the, at the end of the day, when you get home from work, figuring out how their day is going, asking them questions, you see that they're moody and you're not asking what's going on, are you okay? That's on you as the parent. The teacher has, what, 100 students that right. they're dealing with throughout the day, all these different classes. They can't pinpoint every single student that seems to have an issue. You can yeah. save as many as you can and check in, but the parent, that is your responsibility as the parent to make sure your child is on the right path and figure out what's going on with them. Mom ain't let me come in the house and not speak to nobody. All right, I agree with you. I think what? the parents should initiate the, the conversation with the teacher, actually. Yeah. You know, to see if... Hey, my child's come home. They're not really in the best mood. Is anything going on at school? Have you noticed something? Yes. Yeah. But a teacher can't say, I have 10 students throughout the day that I feel like something's going on. Let me call all of their parents every single day and try to get in contact with somebody to say something. Like I said, I couldn't walk into my mama's house after school and not speak, not come down, not say something, talk about how my day is going. Like, 
the parent needs to be more involved. You need to know what's going on with your child, their mental state, talking to them. I agree. But it's obvious that many of, with the number of school shootings on the increase, it's obvious that that may not be happening in the same way. Parents parent don't of. know how to address it. If your child seems to have, if something seems to be seriously wrong or wrong, like how do you handle that as a parent? But that's a tough thing to accept. That you know, my you know, here is my child being very antisocial, not only with me but at school. What do I do? Reach out for help, therapy, counseling, well, something. Sometimes. There are all these resources. We, I'm not making excuses. They do have a lot parents. of resources. There's so many. You see yeah. something wrong, you go find out somebody that can help you What's deal with this situation. Say something. Say something. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Speak so, up. Okay, so, you know, it definitely, I think people could have seen that this young man seemed to be a little bit creepy, Mm -hmm. but also who may seem to be a little bit creepy is President Donald Trump. Uh, According to Sierra Nugent, Bill Gates was a little creeped out by how much Donald Trump knew about his daughter. Uh, According to Time Magazine... Predator! (laughs) According to Time Magazine, Bill Gates found it scary how much Donald Trump knew about his daughter's appearance when they first met Gates in a newly disclosed video. The Microsoft founder's comments were made to to the staff at his charitable Gates Foundation video, of which was obtained by MSNBC and aired Thursday night on All All In with Chris Hayes. The video depicts Gates saying he had avoided Trump before he was elected president, but then went to see him in Trump Tower before the inauguration to discuss science and innovation. Gates said Trump had met his daughter Jennifer, age 22, at an earlier event in Florida. He went up and talked to Jen and was being super nice, Gates said, and then like 20 minutes later, he flew in on a helicopter to the same place. So clearly he had been driven away and wanted to make a grand entrance on a helicopter. So when I first talked to when I first talked to him, it was actually kind of scary how much he knew about my daughter's appearance. Melinda, Gates' wife, did not like that too well either. She's a smart lady. <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts? Do you think that maybe President Trump was trying to really impress Bill Gates? Uh, clearly, he's a man of high intellect and high uh, caliber. Maybe he was just trying to be impressive. No, I think that Trump <laughs> feels like people need to impress him, not him impress other people. So I think he might have had a little eye for that daughter. Thank you. And when is it ever, I'm going to impress you by being a creep and talking about your daughter? Like, what? That's not impressive. You want to impress Bill Gates? Talk about something about Microsoft or the internet or, or some shit like that. Or something. Not, your daughter is gorgeous and this is what she looks like. And this, I beat your ass. You came up to me talking about how fine my daughter is and you a creepy ass old man. Are you kidding? Yeah, you think that Donald Trump has a creep factor? Yeah. He's so creepy. Yeah. Yes. Beyond words. I don't... Diddy be asking these dumbass questions <laughs> knowing we're going to say, yes, yes, he's creepy. You know that. You know that. <laughs> he is rather creepy, though. I mean, that's y'all's president, though. Mm. President Trump, I think, does have a creep factor. He's made comments that I think are very creepy uh, and said some things that were very creepy, uh, including this weekend. He sent out a tweet where he welcomed back his home, Melanie. Welcome back home, his wife Melanie. Melania. But he mistyped. <laughs> he has mistyped. He said everybody. He said Melanie. He said Melanie oh is fine on Twitter, and then got very angry that people were making fun Clowning of him because he doesn't know his wife's name. Yeah, we but, don't make fun of you. But lady, it was autocorrect. Idiot, you double check your right. president. You not gonna read your text. He doesn't. Out. That's why you had the whole call Phoebe. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think Donald Trump just tweets. I think that, you know, it's common. Do you feel like if Donald Trump was Donald Trump, people would not have just attacked him for that simple typo? Or do you really feel... Because, of course, he knows his wife's name. Does he? Does he? For real? <laughs> of course <laughs> he does. Of course I he don't does. know. That's you questionable. You can't speak for that man. He might not know. <laughs> uh, that's a hard topic right there. That Donald Trump, I tell you. It's not. I hate talking about Donald Trump. Can we move on? Oh. Well, we can move on. But before we move on, we have one more thing that our president of the United States did that is definitely, I think, worthy of discussing. What did Obama do? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, President Obama, I'm sure, enjoyed the uh, celebration of the royal wedding, although he wasn't there. But maybe he was. We just don't know. Uh, Trump called some un- unauthorized immigrants animals in a rant. And this has been a huge uh, newsmaker throughout the course of the week. According to Julie Hirschfield Davis, President Trump lashed out at undocumented immigrants during a White House meeting on Wednesday. 
warning in front of news cameras that dangerous people were clamoring to breach the country's borders and branching, branding such people as animals. Mr. Trump's comments came during a roundtable discussion with state and local leaders on California's so-called sanctuary laws, which strictly limit communication between law enforcement officials and federal immigration officers, and which the Trump administration is suing to invalidate. Uh, he was targeting specifically members of the gang MS-13. Are y'all surprised? I'm not even. Like, at this point, Didi reads these stories about Donald Trump and something he said, and it's like, I'm not even shocked anymore. No. Like, he's so disgusting. You do not call humans or anybody animals. Like, that. This is, it's just. Low. But it's low, but that's his level. He's mm-hmm. on a low level. Like, he's just a terrible person. And I'm not shocked by anything that you present to us on the podcast anymore. There's no more shock factor factor when it comes to Donald Trump. Like, you say something, and I'm just sitting here like, okay, when we going to go to the next topic? But because I'm not case, surprised. Is case where he, he should not be called Could he be justified, though? No. Like, when these members of the MS-13 gang are extremely violent and have done a number of things that have really undermined the security of people in this country, do you think that he's not justified in such a description that people portray very savage-like behavior? Call them thugs. Thank you. You know, because that's what they are. They are thugs, not animals. animals. They steal people, you know, but they are thugs that don't do good things. There I mean, we go. If somebody were to call him an animal, I mean, he has done... He's been called an animal. animal. Some people refer to his hair as orangutan hair. Well, yeah. I mean, he's... Yeah. You know what we mean. That's <laughs> orangutan hair. Come on, guys. <laughs> no, Ooh, I'm just asking. Shit, I'm just asking. Boy, you asked me uh, today. Is Trey Songz an animal? He's a song called Animal. A Trey Song song. What about T.I.? Is T.I. an animal? Because he was recently arrested again. In our hood. Yeah. Hey. Right. So that, as he moved out of the entertainment, <laughs> rapper T.I. was arrested near his Georgia home in the Eagles Landing community. What do you guys think about that? He was arrested in Eagles Landing? Yeah. Country Club, yeah. Yep. Oh. Why? I think it was driving, drunk driving. Drunking, uh, disorderly conduct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, intoxicated in public or something Mm. like that. Public intoxication. But it was in his community. Yes. So I think it's kind of, I think that brings up a lot of, like some people, he said that he feels that he was being targeted. He probably was. I mean, it's Henry County. He was probably being targeted. Henry County is Henry County. What what does that mean for our listeners out there who aren't who aren't familiar with Henry County? You guys both grew up there, so what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Henry County has old white money mm-hmm. and old white politics to a certain extent. Like that video, the video of the, the guy, the yeah, basketball player, the, the football, yeah. football, 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 yeah. football, um, football player in front of Target yeah. being arrested. That was in Henry County, mm-hmm. and it wasn't shocking. Like Henry County police are known for being like they can be racist, right. like. Heron County is Heron County. Like I said, I don't speed when I'm in Heron County going to see my mama. I stay very calm. Uh, yeah, I'm not shocked. He might have been targeted, honestly. Especially being in the country club. He's right. a black man. They probably don't even know who he is. So they just assume this little black man in here drunk, acting up, and arrested him. I don't know. But, I mean, he also shouldn't have been acting crazy either. But yeah, I think but somebody said in the video, he was saying, telling them, like, Y'all, I pay y'all bill, like y'all work for me or something like that. Which I mean, he's a part of the general <laughs> That's public. True. So, yeah, That's true. That's true. That's <laughs> true. What you think, Didi? You worked in Henry County as a black man. You know, I feel like I do think that Ti was probably very likely targeted, and I feel as though if it was in his home and it was in his community, and he was, you know, and he was not doing something that was disturbing the peace. And I think that it would have probably not validated an arrest. If it was something that was disturbing the peace and impacting other people, right. and they had a problem with it, then I think it would probably be appropriate for him to have been arrested. But if it was just disorderly conduct, and it wasn't something that was like affecting the people that were there... They could just they, turn around and take them home. That's right. They could have mm-hmm. taken them home. I yeah. feel like that's a curse. They would have shown probably a number of other people that have lived in that com- the country club. That are Caucasian. I think a lot of people that... Plenty of white men have been drunk in Eagles Landing Country Club... And yeah, the security guards just escort them home, drunk as a yep. skunk, From like walking club. down the street. You know yep. what I'm saying? About to fall over in the street, drunk. And I'm sure they've been picked yeah, up. Hop in the back and let's yes. go on home. Yes. And let's yeah. go home. And so I feel like that's probably a courtesy that should have been shown to T.I. as well. And it's unfortunate Agreed. that it wasn't. 
Really tragic story also in our social media coverage. A former Playboy centerfold jumps from New York City building to her death with seven-year-old son. Yeah. Did you guys see that in the news? Yes, I saw it. 47-year-old female and her seven-year-old son died early Friday after an apparent jump from the New York City Hotel. Please confirm to People Magazine. In an article by Shara Adams and Jeff Trosdale, Lieutenant John Grimple said the woman jumped on the 25th floor of the Gotham Hotel in Manhattan with the boy Ooh. around 8.15 a.m. Grimple said the pair's bodies were found on the second floor landing of the hotel's courtyard. Officials with Gotham Hotel did not immediately respond to a request for comment from, from People Magazine. This young lady was a centerfold back in 1992. Mm. So, the story I read about this, apparently she was having a really nasty custody battle with her ex-husband over the custody of the child that she jumped with, which is horrible. This another case of like mental health mental as well. Health I'm sure real. she That's needed some real. help or some support or something. But to take your life and your child's life, like that's hard. That's just sad. It is sad. Um, do you think there may have been some like mental health issues, obviously, as well with that? Anybody that jumps from the 25th floor, yes, yeah, for sure. You got something going on. And you took your baby with you, yes. And she took the baby for a selfish reason. Just so the husband couldn't, couldn't have get, the baby. Yep. Like, if you wanted to jump, kill yourself, that's one thing. That's you. But you killed your child. Uh, you took that choice child. away from that child mm-hmm. because you didn't want your husband to have your child. That's right. terrible. That's terrible. That That is a very sad and horrible story. Hopefully, I think that we can move forward to another... Uh, Recently, that was due to a divorce. We can now move, of course, to a marriage, uh, and the marriage of uh, Thank Prince God, Harry. And down, it's been a it's been a sad week in news. But we were we were saving some of the best for a later in the uh, episode, and we now look at the royal wedding to American Meghan Markle. What do you guys think? Did you guys see the royal wedding? I saw the royal wedding and I saw all the black folks up there. (laughs) Mama had her nose ring. Nose ring. (laughs) (laughs) What did you guys think of Meghan's mom wearing the nose ring? I loved it. Stay true to who you are. She said, I'm going to be who that I am. Yes. Yeah. Mama said, I'm going to switch up. They have nose rings in Wakanda? Uh, I'm sure they do. They got nose rings in Dreadlocks. Hey, he comes don't even, don't even, don't even acknowledge him. Listen, Mama went to the wedding and said, "I'm not changing up who I am for these old white people. I'm gonna be who the hell I am." And, and she I was, loved it. and she looked beautiful. Look, Mama looked great. She did great. I, I thought that everything about the culture for the wedding was just beautiful. Yes. What was a high, What was your highlight? Like when you look back, what was like that you loved the most? The pastor, the pastor that was up there. I mean, he was preaching like he was up here in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> He was going in, you know, right there. And it was just it was just really great. They have this little clip of when Megan gets to the um top with Harry and he looks at her and he says, You look amazing, then he bit his bottom lip. Yeah. I, I love that, that little clip. Lip what, what do you think the lip bite indicates? I'm about to tell your ass <laughs> up tonight. Uh, let me tell you something. He bit that lip and looked at her. <laughs> he was ready. He was like, we got to get the hell up out of here soon. That, I, thought, I thought that was great. I think that yeah. it really indicates a lot of passion that yes. they experience together. He really, I feel like he and really he loves really, her. Yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like she love. really loves him. Beautiful. And it's weird because when I look at him, I see a black man. I do. <laughs> I see a black man with red hair. If you look at his stride, like he got all that swag. All his I, interviews are very like, like I can, he's I can swagged hang down. down. He's he is so like cool. invited to the barbecue. He He's definitely, he can come around. <laughs> so I you like feel him. like Prince Harry has a, uh, a has swag. Yeah, I do. He has a little bit of soul. He does. I think he takes a lot after his mother. <laughs> and she was definitely ahead and smiling she, down. This is beautiful. Yeah. Diana's so happy. Yeah. Oh. She was for the people. I feel like he's for the people. I do. And I think that that wedding was just, I feel like it was really a historic moment for them, you know? So yeah. I thought it was really great. Because that's the first person of color to marry into the family? Second. Or who was the first? Princess Char- Charlotte. Back in 1749 was the actual very first person of color. She was from a she was a German princess, and she was the very first person of color. And so many of her she was black. Yes, in 1749. Yep. Okay. She was mixed, but she was a mixed race heritage. What she was, and so there are a lot of actual paintings of her that portray her in her true color with some even some ancestry stuff in the background of the picture that you would have to have decoded for you. But the, a lot of them did kind of whitewash her out. Mm-hmm. But she was a true person of color. She was the first. So 
Meghan is actually the second person to marry is the royal family that comes from African descent. Mm. Well, I'm here for it. Me I like. Too. I think they're gonna have beautiful children. Oh yeah, them children are gonna be nasty. What did you guys think of the dress, mm. the wedding dress? I was a little I didn't underwhelmed. Like I didn't like it. Why? It was. It, it was, was boring. As it hell. was very simple. It was very simple, elegant. But I don't. I don't feel like feel like it fit her. You know, like even if you look at Kate's dress, Kate's dress was very beautiful and fitted and laced and nice, but it was still simple. But it was just very, very beautiful. I felt like Megan's was just... The only thing that we can talk about is the train of her veil. That dress mm-hmm. was basic. I have seen church mothers with better white dresses on. And I can't... I just can't. Now, her, her, reception <laughs> oh dress, her reception dress looked better than her wedding dress. Yeah. The halter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did. The wedding dress was very, very basic and yeah. underwhelming. I was upset. Do you feel the wedding lasted too long? I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't know how long it lasted. Well, you know, I kind of skipped through pieces. It was like two hours. Whoa! It was, very, it was very long. It was a very long ceremony. I just skipped through little pieces. But, I mean, it's a royal wedding. What That's you true. Expect? It's not like down, regular, regular wedding like down there in, yeah. you know, in Macon, so Georgia, where we had the church, and then we go into the reception afterwards. You know, this was like, this was huge. Everyone around the world mm-hmm. is watching this. Don't give me a little 30 minutes. You know, I'm watching around the world. I want a show. Wow. And they so. got, they, I think they got a show. So would you uh, ever de- design a wedding? Like, is that something that you would do as well? No. 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 Events I stay away from. No events. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't feel like it's my calling. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like that's my ministry. Mm. I like And I'm okay with that. Were there any influences from this wedding that either of you would take to incorporate into your ceremony one day? Yeah, one. What's the one thing that you would take? Oprah going to be one of the guests. <laughs> Oprah, Oprah is the only thing that you would take. I'll take the Range Rover caravan. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. That's, that's a good, good one. one, you know. Yeah. You know, Oprah gave a good gift. I'm certain that. Oprah, no, she did. Yeah, no, I'm she certain did. that Oprah gave a great. I'm gift. sure it was. As we now continue forward into entertainment, we have learned that the television series Charmed is getting an update and a reboot. It's, another, it's the next show that's going to come back into st- style in the twenty for in this 2018. So how are these reboots doing? I don't... I'm, the Roseanne reboot is the, is the most successful television show on TV. She lost me when she was saying she was going for Trump. But that's just the character. Roseanne, the yeah. real Roseanne isn't. Okay. And they were trying to show the balance. Like, in re- uh, when you look at the Connors as a family, mm-hmm. of course they would go for Trump. Like that, yeah. the, the the same Connor family from the eighties is the same Connor family from today. So that family would go for Trump. But Roseanne Barr herself, even though she's trying to play the game and keep these viewers up, was a staunch Hillary Clinton supporter. So much so that she wrote a really harsh letter against President Obama back in 2008, 2007, 2008. So I can't see Roseanne Barr in over the course of 10 years going from being a Hillary supporter to a Trump Trump supporter. supporter. That just is very unlikely to happen. But I think... I haven't seen any Nazi photos. Like what? That was Nazi? like a big thing. Like Roseanne Barr had a photo shoot with Nazi photos. Like she was wearing out. like Nazi outfits and stuff. It was like a big thing. What are you talking about? Like all the late night shows were showing it no, I and seen saying that. that's why people aren't gonna watch. They're watching. And I don't know. They're watching the show. The show's doing very well. And that first episode was meant to be Uh-oh. a cut. Are these the photos? Yes. Let me see. Look these. at that. Roseanne looking like a um Hitler. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> what is she making cookies yeah little juice she put in no the little juice no what was that oven. for don't know that's her personal life though no. that wasn't for the show so what you got to say now Dee? uh-oh she was that all is- for your girl hella red she's also <laughs> roasting nazis in the oven and dressed oh, like hitler speak up Dee. speak up that that is highly offensive yeah that that's highly offensive. offensive so you know there is no magazine. Uh oh, uh oh, you can't say this white woman. Are you upset? Oh, Are you upset? I would have to say that I'm gonna have to research that, but because <laughs> but because of that photo that showed Roseanne cooking baking cookies in the oven while dressed as Hitler, I would not be able to watch the show again. And that's unfortunate because Roseanne and I have the same birthday and you know I ride hard for my Scorpio. So unfortunately, Roseanne, you're out. Like I would be done with her. Oh, yeah. okay. Well do your research. I am that's try to very, save very He's not saving a good white woman. But going save her. Not like white people though. But back to the I do. Back to the reboot. 
Did you watch Charmed? I did watch Charmed, but that's a, again, that's, that's not a part of the point that I'm making, though. Mm-hmm. I'm just against reboots because I am in school getting my MFA in film and television, and I know so many people with new, fresh ideas. Like, there's so many talented people in the film industry that have original content that could be put on TV, but you people constantly want to make these reboots and they aren't making space for this new shit that could be out here making waves and that's why I'm completely against reboots these shows had their season they had their time they did all of that give new people a chance to create something that we haven't seen or put something new on the air I never thought about it like that yeah so you're blocking when, people yeah when you think about it like that you do need to make room for new talent you know New, new stories. Shows, new we got stories. new stuff. New things. The world new has changed. Yes. So, yeah, the world has changed. You that. have different people watching TV now. You have a new generation that's come in that watches television. Like, leave those reboots behind. Put it on Hulu. Hell, shit. Put it on Netflix. I don't care. But give these new creators a chance to get their content on television. I know so many new stories that could be amazing series and could go on forever and ever. But y'all want to reboot, re- re- what's her name? Roseanne and reboot Charmed and reboot all this other shit. As long as we're not doing more reality shows I'm so down for news and that's the, and that's where it was right yeah. you had all these yeah. reality shows yeah. flooding out mm-hmm. you know television now you have reboots coming so that begs the point of do you really have good talent that's being sidelined because of these shows or is it that there is a deficit of creativity in the market right now there's plenty of creativity but we you're not getting in front of it's hard to get in front of the people that you need to get in front of to green like that. These same old people that put Charmed on TV are the same people that are in the positions to put new stuff on TV. Like, they don't want to hear the new stuff. We need new executives in Hollywood. We need new executives at these studios so that they're willing to listen to new creatives. It's of content out but here. you know what? A lot of these new shows that we're finding are coming from producers that started their own little thing on YouTube. Yeah, got to. So I think what needs to happen is they do need to make themselves more available to these schools like SCAD and, you know, where Woo-hoo. these people are going to, um, you know, just to expose themselves to the people that are creating this content, the new content. What would be an example of a show that is really creative that really helped freshen up television? Insecure. I was just about Insecure. to put the words right out of my mouth. But I was following her on YouTube when she was doing Awkward, Awkward Black, Black Girl. Girl. Yeah. And that was such a good show. Awkward like Black Girl. I would just always think, man, that would be such a good show on TV. Mm-hmm. Awkward Black Girl. And, and that's all what of a lot of people have to do. You gotta start yeah. putting your content on the um internet shows yeah. you basically had to make web series in order to get put on because yeah. people are not taking meetings with you based off of I got a good idea like you really got to grind and get out there but if you can blow up on the internet on your own you have a better way of making it into the industry honestly so but now everyone wants to you know be a part of what she's doing mm-hmm. but she had like a million no's mm-hmm. before she had that one person that believed in kept her kept going kept going keep it keep it going Okay. Okay. So I think that's a. I, I really have enjoyed uh, Dear White People, even though it's not kind of it's kind of a spinoff of the of the movie. But I think that show is pretty fresh and and could have done very well. Was at first for me, mm-hmm. and that's just yeah, kind of you know. Did. But now, like I started the new season, I was just like, this isn't doing it for this me. This off topic, but Lionel, you were fine as hell in season two. Oh my god. When baby took off that shirt, shook. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You don't know Lionel? I'm just watching him get shook. He was fine. Like, I know that voice has to be fake because it don't match that body that's underneath that shirt. (laughs) My God, Lionel, if you want to come sponsor an episode or take me out on a date, just let me know, boo. I'm free. But yeah, Dear White People, season two was... Ah, but it, but, yeah. I haven't finished the season. I haven't finished the gotcha. season, so... Oh, so you don't know what I'm talking about when you take your shirt off? Tell ah, I have what? not finished the season, so... Okay. I'm gonna... I actually got stuck on episode one and could not finish 
you know, it, but it was it's for, for personal reasons, so I couldn't go through. I do have to say that the black women on that show are absolutely gorgeous. They are. Oh my god, they, they have been doing photo shoots. Really, their stuff. whole cast is just real pretty. It's an attractive That's a cast. Real it's pretty, very people. attractive. Oh, very attractive. Oh yeah, my god. I agree with you on that. They had great casting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from there, um, you know, you kind of brought up. So I was thinking, you talked about Prince Harry having swag. Yes. You know, Tazzy, would you have dated? Prince Harry. Prince Harry approached you. Would you have dated Prince Harry with his swag? Would you have given him a chance to I shoot his shot? I wouldn't have dated shot? him. We could be the homies. We could hang out. We could be besties. But I'm not going to romantically date you. What? Why not? It's Prince Harry. It, I know it's Prince Harry, but in you a romantic have, relationship. Princess Tadzi. In romantic relationships, you got to have sex. And I don't like white meat. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say. I don't like white meat. That's so, holding my chicken and my man. Mm. So, is that racist? Because I don't like white meat? No, I'm just or saying. Or is that just a preference? Just a preference. But is it a preference? Many people say it's a preference, but is it a preference? I think so. It's a preference. I think that's a preference. I can say I don't like white meat. What's wrong with that? And I think that's fair. I think that you can have a preference to say I would prefer not to date someone who is... Uh, outside of my race, but I think that to close yourself off from it and to not consider it makes you racist. I think that you should be open to the possibility. Were <laughs> you taking it back a little? <laughs> because your soulmate may not be black, Tazzy. That's true. Listen, me and Didi was out one time. This white man caught himself hitting on me. Yuck! I was so like, please, sir, don't do it. The little white man at the restaurant, he wasn't even like, he was just like a average white man. He I, was I not Prince Harry. Now, what if he was fine though? Fine, body down, and came up to you and was like, "Hey, Tans, I want to take you out on a date." What you gonna say? I see his ancestors in his eyes. You see his ancestors? Oh my god! <laughs> now that okay, that runs deep. I think we need that to move on to the next topic. I can see it. <laughs> Because you know he's going to be in the bedroom wanting to call me the N-word and all types of stuff. Oh, I ain't got time. That is awful. That is not what I'm doing. I ain't playing out your slave fantasies. not happening. Oh, my God. So, this is a great time to really go into talking about the upcoming Georgia primary for uh, for state official, elected officials. We have a, especially a very nationwide attraction. Uh, I'm sorry. National attention attracting Democratic primary where we have the race of two states. And now joining us is a special guest, political commentator joining us, Jeremy Cormier. Welcome, Jeremy. Uh, into here now our fourth seat. Well, thank you guys for having me. And to talk about Yes, voice change. I love it. <laughs> yes, perfection of voice. Love it. Love it. So despite my co-host putting you on blast. <laughs> Um, we really have, again, you have two Stacey, Stacey Abrams and Stacey Evans, both running for the Democratic nomination for governor of Georgia. And how many of you guys have voted? I already voted. You've early voted. I have not voted. I'm going I'm to vote on Tuesday. on Tuesday. I have not. I will make it there. And I will be there first thing Tuesday morning, Me 7 a.m., ready to go right into that poll and vote. Uh, I have, however, made my decision and I've made a selection as to who I'm going to vote for. I am... Firmly and very excited to say that I'm voting for Stacey Evans. Stacey Evans is the uh, white lady who is running. Stacey Evans is the black Stacey who is running. And I've chosen Stacey Evans because of her stance uh, as a member of the Georgia House, how she's voted, how she did herself, as well as her early endorsement of Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms here in, as our mayor of Atlanta. So she's done a lot of things that I feel in terms of her voting record that's really supported my beliefs and platforms as a Democrat in Georgia. And I think that she's going to be a very good governor of this state if given a chance to beat who I think is the worst kid to ever run the history of the state, Casey Cagle. Who is that that man with Very likely. Uh, no. He's no. current lieutenant. He's oh, our current him. lieutenant governor. That's running away uh, Amazon. That's okay, running yeah. away Amazon, probably going to run away Delta, who's going to be very, to me, catastrophic for our economy. What do you guys think, and have, have you guys voted or made a decision? So, I think for right now, of course, you know, it would definitely be a Democratic nominee on my end. Um, it's just really fine-tuning who's the right candidate out of which Stacey there's something that's happening where every time you get a black candidate, we have the audacity to think that they need they're not black enough because they may not choose a black topic 
When President Obama ran, some people felt like he wasn't black enough. When he was in office, people felt he didn't do enough black things. And we kind of have to move away from there if we're always, if we ever want to get to the point of diversity and inclusivity. Mm-hmm. So you think that people are saying, people who are slamming and not voting for Stacey Abrams are accusing her of not being black enough. Of course. I didn't of vote course. for Stacey Abrams. I think she's plenty black. I definitely think that she's more than black enough. I don't, that's not why she didn't get my vote. It is a fact that she is come that number one, you're running for governor with over $150,000 in debt attached to you. To me, you don't. Just that tells up. me she's common. Yep, yep. She's that tells common. me she's common. And there's, and she's just like me. And I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't have that much oh, debt. That's a lot of but, debt. But, but right. <laughs> no, no, I don't have that much debt. But again, I mean, you know, you accrue debt as you continue to climb in life through education, different things of that nature. But what concerns me is that if you're going to run for governor and you know that you're going in as a democratic, not possible democratic nominee in a very rare state, you've got to have your house in order. And the fact that you are going into the primary with this much debt that you haven't gotten your house in order and you're too susceptible to a lot of different things that are going to undercut and tear you down throughout the process, especially when you're running against a very strong candidate like Casey Cagle. That was a major concern. In addition to that, it really concerned me the fact that she did not come out and support a fellow black woman like Keisha Lance Bottoms for governor, for mayor of Atlanta because she wanted to see who was going to get that and she was looking at it from a perspective of let me see what will be advantageous to myself and to my career. That concerns so me I'm glad well. you. So I'm glad you brought that point That's out. a major issue that's being made right now. Well, what happened on that situation and again, just because you're black doesn't mean that you're always right for the position. Correct. And Keisha Lance Bottom, although I love her and I would have voted for her if I had the voting ability in that district to do so. But she kind of came out late with her own platform. And I don't think until people started putting the gun to the fire because they put her aligned with Kasim Reed. So most people stayed away from that because, hey, look, I have an endeavor that I want to do. But if you are aligning yourself with someone that a lot of people grew to hate, then I'm going to back up. But in the midst of Stacey Abrams wanting to talk to the Bottoms campaign, they had already came out with their endorsement. But Keisha, I mean, Stacey Abrams was going to try to give her endorsement to uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms. But that didn't happen because mm-hmm. Keisha Lance Bottoms' team had already came out for the governor nominee for Stacey Evans. For Stacey Evans. Yeah, for Stacey Evans. Yeah, so, so I think that says a lot. It, the fact that the mayor of Atlanta and her team are endorsing Stacey Evans over Stacey Abrams to me says a whole I think it's because Stacey Evans probably approached her. the of the candidate Stacey Evans brings to the table. Uh, again, I was sharing, you know, I get my haircut at uh, Uppercuts in the West End. For those who don't live in Atlanta... The West End of Atlanta is by the AUC Center. It's a, you know... It's it, in the hood. It is a cultural <laughs> mecca of our city and our state. It's my hometown. And <laughs> Stacey Evans came into my barbershop and had conversations with the clients and the barbers on a Saturday and was extremely comfortable, at ease, and felt very confident to be there. There's a flyer on my door that was there. I was out of town last week. I got back in town, and I was greeted by a Stacey Evans flyer that she's come through my DeKalb County neighborhood and and has engaged personally with residents. It's a grassroots campaign that, to me, speaks to the real issues and says, I want to serve you, and I care about your needs. I have not seen a high-ranking Democratic official ever in the West End in those barbershops. Never. So, again, I haven't made my decision. All I do know, it it will be a Democratic nominee on my end that I will vote for. And let me say this. I don't know if Stacey Evans is going to win. I actually do not feel as though... She's going to pull out the nomination. I think that if she gets the nomination, she could have a very strong chance of being governor. Correct. But I don't believe that she's going to be. I think it'd be just like a Jason be, Carter. I right. I don't think that she's going to beat Stacey Abrams. Here's, but she deserves to beat Stacey Abrams. She's a better candidate. She's a better person. And she, I think, will fight for the people of Georgia on a much higher and greater level than what Stacey Abrams is doing. I think Stacey Abrams is doing this whole entire campaign for her own personal gain. She has a book coming out. Uh, you can't say already, that. She does. Can't say but that. she has a book she coming has a book out. Coming out but about you can't say and it can't be about the personal she's only game. running to go to advance this her own agenda. That is what I believe. Well, here's the thing. Tell me about Stacey Evans when during the MLK celebration, she went to the church and she was using that as a publicity moment. So talk. let's talk about that, about the black vote. I think people really don't want to support Stacey 
Abrams because they're like she's not again black enough. The woman's black. I, I'm not saying I'm voting for her because she, I've never heard anyone accuse Stacey Abrams yes. of not being. I black have seen enough. it on social she media because specifically she's a Spelman. She she went to Spelman. I just think you have to watch because just as you talked about Stacey Evans coming into the barbershop, she is gearing to that black vote. And mm-hmm. if we want to go to us as a people, we should not automatically support Stacey Abrams, but give her a chance. And say that she doesn't have to always come to every black event that we have right. no, I agree. and be supportive. I have done, you know, I am, I have, I had to really think through this decision to who to say who I'm going to even support and who I'm going to endorse. And I really think a lot of people have had to do the exact same thing. And when I look at the candidates and how they their voting records, how they have made concessions in the past for what they believe in, I have to say that my beliefs align along the lines of Evans. In addition to that, I feel that Evans is out here working a lot harder to get my vote than what Abrams is doing. There have been numerous debates where Abrams hadn't even shown up, but she didn't even come. There, her campaign, in addition to her campaign, is being run so poorly. Mm-hmm. If you can't run a good campaign, how in the world are you going to run this state? You so- have a number of ish instances where her people working on her, on her campaign have come out with attack ads and attack random citizens for not endorsing her. All of that has been, to me, has really left a very foul negative taste. And to me, as a as a, as a a candidate of what should be her caliber, mm-hmm. she has mm-hmm. truly underperformed this whole entire and election season. And she's still going to get black votes because old black people vote for black people. Like, That's true. I don't care what you say. My aunties, all of them, they like, I'm going for the black yeah, woman. Black. Don't know she nothing black. about the woman. Don't know her politics. Don't well, I just hope they remember the right Stacey's last name Listen. when it's time to go up there. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that she's going to... I do. I believe the Abrams will win, but my vote yeah. will be with Evans. And I, I think it's going to be a little interesting. Uh, again, you know, I haven't made my decision on either Stacey. Um, and you know you have very valid points on both, so I'm I have to you know I, I can't say oh Stacey Abrams all the way. You make valid points when it comes down to y- your campaign has shown some inconsistency in the organization and how it's ran. Then of course yes we must look at that when it comes down to when you're in office. So that is a very valid point. So again my decision is still undecided. So I'm gonna have to take the next few days. I'm gonna say you gonna vote. I'm at the moment like hey yes. which you one? Good you know I just know I'm not. You know, <laughs> Get your <laughs> I just know it, it won't be read because as somebody oh, yeah, who's been around the political government aspect, Georgia needs a change. Yes. They, yes. they need a we, change when it comes do. down to yes. um, working families, when it comes down to people getting jobs and not these political favors. I really wish that we had some type of organization that was like an overseer of taking out politics when it came down to people getting jobs. Start one, black man. <laughs> but then again, Listen. I don't want to be not black enough for well, a vote. Well, you're not black enough. You this know. Educated <laughs> Morehouse man in here. Shout out to the Morehouse man. That's why it's right. Jeremy here. Cormier. Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Hopefully we're going to see better candidates run across the board for a number of offices to where we can really have people that we can believe in and stand on. Uh, as we move forward, I think it's a great time to go into the up, the down, and, and the, the cloud of the week. This week's the up goes to Daryl Kelly. Daryl Kelly graduated with a law degree and an MBA from two different schools on the same day. Black excellence. Black excellence, Daryl Kelly. Black excellence. Daryl received yes, his Master's of Business Administration from Xavier University and graduated with a law degree from the University of Cincinnati College of Law simultaneously. Ra- wow. Raised by a single mother, Daryl credits her for being the driving force behind her pursuit of knowledge, saying she's instilled within me all these tools and has guided me for so long. He's a member of Kalpa Alpha Psi fraternity, and we salute him as this week's The Up. All yes, right. to the Kappas. We had a Kappa last week. With the excellence? No, our, cap, the, our, our guest, guest last our week guest, was our also guest. a Kappa. So, shout yeah, shout out. A major down this week uh, comes from an article from uh, from Oregon. By Crystal Hill, where a young woman, where a young lady shot uh, her sugar daddy date. Thomas Lakata, 56, picked up his 15-year-old date at a gas station last Ooh. week. He told police he just said he did not know that she was 15. He and Raylan Domingo then went to his Beaverton, Oregon home, where they spent time in his music room and smoked from his vape pen, according to court documents. <laughs> when she asked for money, he gave her $260. 
Domingo got up to use the bathroom. She returned with a gun and shot him in the stomach, authorities said, and the news station reported. She allegedly demanded more money from him, but he gave her all his cash, according to Oregon Live. The shooting left Lakata injured, but not critically, according to Fox 12. He was able to describe his assailant. Domingo was also a suspect in another robbery that took place hours after the May 11th shooting. The teen and three masked men are accused of robbing two people in their uh, Washington home, and they met on a website for uh, sugar daddies. Guys, what do you think of this down? Not sugar daddies. Wow, they fucking up the game for the rest of us. <laughs> I mean, Wait, now tell me, what do you mean they're messing up the game for the rest of us? What do you listen, mean? <laughs> listen, ain't nothing wrong with going out on a little date with these old men if they paying bills. But you 15. Hey. No, she, that, that's why I said she fucking up the game for the grown people. We grown. I'm grown. <laughs> We can sit up in this restaurant because my homegirl going to be at the table behind us. Make sure I'm okay. We're going to Uber there so you can't check my plates. It's a game. You got to be up in there. They be dropping real coins just to have somebody to talk to. But you know, I actually saw on Instagram this week this girl who made a rap video based on her sugar daddy. A sugar daddy is a real. It was based on her sugar daddy. But why was the rap? The rap was like, oh, what? <laughs> The now rap was on point. Oh my god! Yeah, y'all gotta look. I mean, sugar it was daddies on point. are real, and they be tricking off, and all of them don't want no sugar. That's the ones you need to get. <laughs> this is horrible. Is it? This is horrible. Is it? Is it as horrible is as it? this week's clown, Caitlyn Jenner, and her rumored twenty-one-year-old girlfriend? Wait. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn uh, Jenner. So and her rumored girl. girlfriend. Bruce turned into a woman to be a lesbian. I'm confused. This is a I'm really a great too. topic to talk about because I think that people don't understand the unique sexual conundrum that many people may encounter who are truly transsexual or transgendered in terms of their gender identity. Caitlyn Jenner. So Caitlyn's a lesbian. Caitlyn Jenner has, was attracted to women when he was Bruce Jenner. So why would that attraction to women no longer exist now that he's become Caitlyn Jenner? Because I feel like in most cases of like uh, people being transgender, they if they were dating women before, it's for a cover up. Like right. they weren't, at, they were trying to portray a role that they thought society wanted them to be. So that would make be- them gay, not necessarily transgender. Hell, you're not hearing what I'm saying. When Bruce was dating women, when Bruce was dating, dating and in, Chris, in love okay. with Chris, yes, Jenner, Bruce could have been two, dating. She had two children with her. Gay men have children all the time for cover-ups. What are you talking about? Caitlyn Jenner isn't gay. Have you... Bruce Jenner wasn't gay. Bruce Jenner was transgender. Caitlyn is obviously a lesbian if they're dating well, women, now, right? Now, now Caitlyn okay. may be gay. Okay. So now Caitlyn may be gay. I hate when Didi come in here and be thinking he's <laughs> going to fuck somebody's mind up and I'm super deep about this. You heard what I said. But no, what I'm saying is when Bruce Jenner was married to Chris Jenner, he was... I and am he not was saying, unhappy in the body that he was his in. His body was wrong. He said his body didn't feel right, but he never said that his sexuality he was in question. He was lined up never with... said he wanted to have sex with a man. And he never said it was... Like, no. I think that he enjoyed having sex with his wife. And that could very well be the case now that he has a 21-year-old girlfriend named that makes Sophia no sense Hutchins. Because if he got his penis cut off, then they scissoring, right? They Sophia write, Hutch- right, Hutchins that's different sex, right? Also that's different sex, right? So, wait, also Sophia trans- so she transgender into a man. Until what? Sophia Hutchins is also transgender. From a man to, to a, a woman. Man to a From woman. a man to a woman. So, Caitlin, Bruce went to Caitlin. I think Caitlin has all of the body parts. And I'm not certain if Sophia has all the body parts. Uh, Hutchins posted a photo of herself lying on a bed with the caption "Home Sweet Home." The head, the bed's headboard, is the exact same one Caitlyn posted many times in the past from her Malibu home. Sources close to us tell sources close tell us that the 68 year old Jenner and the 68 year old Jenner <laughs> and 21 year old Hutchins. Are very close. Wow, sixty-eight. So, is that too big of an age gap for this transgender love affair? That's gross. Well, I mean, I don't. I'm confused. Get your money, little baby. Yeah, I'm a little confused. Get your money, little baby. Twenty-two-year-old. That's what that sounds like. the money. That sound like a sugar daddy situation. Sugar mama. Sugar mama. Get your coin, little baby. I ain't mad at you. Or sugar mama. I think that's what what's happening there. 
So with Mixed. that, we now can talk about the products this week that we have that we love. What are some products that you guys have found this week that you want to share with all of our listeners? Things that you have found that you really want to share and say, I love this product. Okay, I don't really have a product. So today I went to brunch at one of my favorite little brunch places. Um, I ain't no French hoe, so I might pronounce this wrong, but y'all know Le Petit Marche. Le Petit Marche. Yeah, I'm Marche. Okay, the there we go. Oh, yes, Kirkwood. Oh, okay, yes. Uh-huh. So, um, we went back there. It is black owned. It they be in the amazing. back. Whipping it up. They it's do. so good. So, that's going to so be. consistent. My, I love, I've Every never gone there good. and had a bad experience. I've never gone there and had a bad I experience. I have also never gone there and not walked out still hungry. <laughs> you still hungry? Because he don't order shit. He go up there and get him. Let me get a multi-grain toast and some grits and then be upset. Order a real meal, okay? Yeah, you don't get do a real that. meal from You know what? Man. I hate when Didi tried to come back and combat me on some shit. It's five and y'all need to go support no, black businesses. I've been that, at Le Petit Marche when they were in the old building across the street. Yeah, we all have. It so, was real small and, and they moved across the street. They moved across the street where they have more space. I'm just saying that typically they're not, you're not going to get a lot of food. Order enough I have gotten the breakfast sandwich and maybe it's called the Sarah. I think that's a typical sandwich that I get. Oh, and typically, do you not get a side? You just get the sandwich. You you sound crazy. Who orders just a sandwich? Yeah, don't get no side. The price of the whole meal. No, you it's not. The pancakes, the, oh, the eggs, something. the grits, the, oh. you know, the, the whole Look, he stay trying to ruin the best of us or something. No, I, I love Listen, love this, this is not the best of us. Support <laughs> whatever products that we products that we love. Support these black people. The food is absolutely is amazing. That was the point of my statement: is that the food is amazing. Not that Didi go in there and order some bullshit <laughs> and then be still hungry at the end. That's your fault, Didi. And the place next door. The barbecue spot next door. Is really Anna's barbecue. It's I haven't really been good. there. It's good. I used to get my hair done by this man um, two doors down, but that's no. a story for another day. So yeah, no. Well, okay. Well, so, I have a product. Too yeah, tell us the product. Um, it's the shea butter from Target. Actually, uh, you know, it's in the black section. Yes. We got our own little section of our own products. Textured hair section. <laughs> it really so it's a. It comes in a little container, a little circular container. But it's actually like little um, crumbles, and you put in your you put a little bit of the crumbles in your fingers, and you or in your hand you mix it up a little bit, and it just liquefies. You just put it all over your body, and it has be glowing like yeah, because you're shining right now. You got some on. You got a little bit of on right now. Does it have an odor? Does it have no, a fragrance? No, fragrance. Doesn't have a fragrance, but mm-hmm. it's just really smooth. And what's the brand? We Maestro's, I believe. Okay, Make so sure. we will definitely be checking that out. Yeah. I have to say, once he just did his demonstration of like rubbing uh, shea moisture on his arms, this man has perfectly manicured fingernails, and I have to <laughs> shout that out because people do not appreciate. Didi, put your hand down. People do not appreciate men with nicely manicured and taking care of fingernails. That's Am I why. Nails not care of? Put your hand down. Well, well, I hate when you do this. I hate when you do this. I hate when you do this. We'll come back to this. But my concern is women, you need to be making sure these men that you're dealing with have proper hand manicure. Like, they're taking care of their fingers. That's why y'all got yeast infections because you're letting these men touch you with this dirt underneath their nails. It's nasty. This man has beautifully manicured fingernails. And it's only 12. Yes. Go, go. Tell your man to go get it done. Now, back to Didi. I hate when you try to compare. Last week, they had a guest in here that was around the same age as Didi, but he looks like he's in his 20s. So I said, y'all, this man looks super young. Didi said, I don't look. See, I don't want to embarrass you. Don't do that. Don't compare yourself. I'm going to put your hand up. I didn't talk about your hair. Let me talk about his hair. Like, I try. I try not to embarrass you on this podcast, okay? Let these people get their compliments in. Beautiful. Now, men, go get your hands manicured, okay? <laughs> so, Jeremy, you have a product that you love. I do. So, I'm somewhat of a technology geek. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we just got new iPads for the entire house. And when I talk about new iPads, iPads to go in the wall oh. so we can home automate from uh, our man cave to the lighting to the alarm to the temperature, all of that. So, that's my new product that I like that just came in uh, and just kind of exploring the new iPads and see how they will function in the household. Oh, y'all fancy? What's that tell y'all <laughs> The black side. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I ain't mad at you. Didi, what's your product? Some bullshit, right? <laughs> 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 so I don't have a 
product. It's always this, I don't have a product this week. I don't have a product. Wow. Um, again, I would just go back to, you know, I always like to share, uh, you know, not so much a product, but I have a book that I would strongly recommend that you guys read. Mm. I went uh, last week. I was out of town for work. And so I read the book, The Circle Maker on the Plane. The book was absolutely phenomenal. Last episode, we talked about The Secret. The Circle Maker is a phenomenal companion to The Secret. So that's all I'll say. If you First, read The Secret, then read The Circle Maker. And I promise you, you will learn how to make your secret dreams come true. And from there, we conclude with The Best of Us. Woo! All right, but before we go to the best of us, I know I already gave my product, but I do have to shout out um, a rap duo that I absolutely love right now. So I have to shout out the City Girls. Oh, yes! I love the City Girls! I've been jamming to them all week. City Girls from the 305. Yes. Got booty, pretty face, big wide pig. Y'all bitches know we live. Yes, City Girls is on City Girls. I have never listened. They dropped it from Opelaka, Florida. They are killing it. I love it. I love it. Killing it. Go download the City Girls' new album. The City Girls. City Girls. Just City Girls. That's where the bag at. Yeah! Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah. for a nigga yeah. with a sweet tooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I will be looking up. And yeah, so this yeah. week's the best of us goes to NFL star JJ Watt. Uh, we have, of course, we opened with the horrible tragedy in Santa Fe, Texas, but NFL star JJ Watt offers to pay for the Santa Fe High School victim's funeral. Houston Texans defensive end J.J. Watt plans to cover the cost of the funerals of the victims of Friday's mass shooting at Santa Fe High School, which left 10 dead and more than a dozen wounded. So it is great to see a celebrity and someone stepping up to help make this very harsh time in the lives of so many people a little bit easier and to ease a little bit of pain. So, J.J., we applaud you. Absolutely. And you really do represent the best of us. So, everyone, thank you guys so much for checking us out. And we can't wait to see you next week. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.